As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Princess Kate dodges a heckler as Prince William remembers the Queen in a speech. And also for my much-missed grandmother, who cares so much for the natural world. Prince Harry gives an update on Archie and Lily as Meghan opens up about how her husband helped her at her worst point. A lot of people have had to make that initial phone call asking for help. It is it can be terrifying for a lot of people. Uh, so I think for Megan to talk about that, especially, you know, we've just had set, marked World Mental Health Day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to know that that phone call can be scary, but it's still so important to reach out and ask for help. Plus, Katie Nichol, author of The New Royals, Queen Elizabeth's Legacy and the Future of the Crown, sits down with us. It was very difficult for William, and I think that's partly why this rift hasn't been resolved, because... You know, William can't completely forgive Harry for what he's done. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina. That's Christine. A lot of big news this week. A lot of a lot going on. It really feels like we're getting into the next stage of the royal family. We're really they're getting down to business. There's so much to talk about. So much to talk about. But um, before we dive into it, let's see what you guys had to say about last week's show. Daniel Wallace said William and Catherine have been married for 11 years and together for over 20. They're both 40. Crazy that they've been together half their lives. It really is. I feel like just yesterday it was their wedding. <gasps> yeah, really what it, I mean, I think their married life has really flown by, mm-hmm. but it is weird to think that they were together for so long before they got married, before, you know, we knew the mm-hmm. Kate as Kate, you know, there was a whole decade that they had before they were part of the public eye. So nuts. It really is. And, you know, they're, they seem better than ever. They really do. You know, you know, the new crown prince and princess of Wales, they're going to be taking on a lot more responsibility. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what they knew next. Um, Well, pretty says when I saw the Irish woman ask Kate to go back to her country, I understood why it is hard being a ceremonial Royal. It, It is give and take. Yes, yeah, so we're going to get into this in uh, in just a second, but definitely um, an uncomfortable moment. Yeah, I think a lot of people, myself included, watched that video and we were sort of like, oh, thank God, it's not me. I would not have reacted quite as well. All right, let's kick off our Royal Roundup with the news that King Charles's coronation date has been set for May 6th of 2023. It will happen at Westminster Abbey in London, where, of course, the British monarchs have been crowned for the last 900 years. Now, this is interesting. A lot of people thought that this was going to be happening on June 2nd as a tribute to Queen Elizabeth, who had her coronation in 1952. Now, following this thousand year tradition, the service will be conducted by the Archbishop of Canterbury, and it is confirmed that he will be crowned alongside his wife, 
Queen Consort Camilla. Now, Buckingham Palace did say in a statement, the coronation will reflect the monarch's role today and look towards the future while being rooted in longstanding traditions. Now, um, this is, of course, comes um, as an update one month after Queen Elizabeth passed away on September 8th at the age of 96. So, yes, of course, will be a big event um, may 6 2023 we have to mark our calendars uh, princess catherine was visiting northern ireland and facing an un uncomfortable situation during a walkabout so take a look I mean, she handled it like a champ. <laughs> she did so well. I almost wonder if she didn't quite register what the woman said until she was kind of several people down the line. Um, because it's such a, you know, it's such a friendly environment. If you've ever been on a walkabout, everyone's really excited and happy to be there. Um, you know, there were babies and there's usually dogs about. It's just a really happy, upbeat environment. So for that comment and that woman, she doesn't even sound that angry oh no, that's fantastic yeah. yeah so i i think that kate probably didn't even register it until she was kind of further down the line um there's been you know the the relationship between ireland and england and northern ireland especially in the united kingdom as a whole has kind of been tense over the last 100 years there's been so much developing in that relationship um i think overall northern ireland is happy to be a part of the united kingdom it, most people are just kind of fine with it but obviously there are plenty of people who feel like you know the situation could be better yeah definitely it is interesting that you know obviously the royals have a great reputation but it's interesting that more hecklers aren't like you don't hear more about it because i feel like a lot of people want to make those headlines and things like that so it is interesting definitely. that more people don't voice their opinions it was especially during the the queen's jubilee i remember everyone was shocked that there was kind of one guy who ran out into the road during i think it was during trooping and upon reflection there were so many people there why you almost wonder why there wasn't more you know yeah. <laughs> like why there weren't more people sort of either heckling or trying to get you know in the way um or making big statements very true. All right. Well, the two did uh, Prince William and Princess Catherine did have some fun while they were in Northern Ireland and they competed in uh, a bartending battle at Trade Market, which is a new outdoor street food and retail market in Belfast. So take a look at this. We're done. I don't know. I, well, I mean, <laughs> Prince William did come out on top, but who do you think did it better? <laughs> I think, well, what I thought was so funny about this was they put a comment box up on Instagram. Um, their official Instagram account put up a, a, a photo and sort of a comment box to say who did it better. And I would love to have read those responses because there is no way that, that anyone said William. You know, everyone's so in love with Kate. Oh, yeah. Obviously, everyone wrote Kate in that box and poor William, you know, probably have his feelings a bit hurt. Oh, definitely. But it looks like they had a good time while they were in Northern Ireland. 
as well. Definitely. I think it's always a special visit. You know, it's not normally announced until the day um, for security concerns when they visit Northern Ireland. So I think it's an even more exciting um, atmosphere just because it's kind of a surprise, you know, that everyone's excited. There's a kind of a rush of people trying to get there to see them. So it's very different from their normal visits. Definitely. Well, um, like we said, the, the Princess of Wales has been very busy recently and um, not so long ago, she took over as patron of the Rugby Football League and the Rugby Football Union. And she recently shared a video message wishing luck to the Red Roses as they compete in the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand, which kicks off uh, this weekend. So take a look. For many of the team, this will be the first World Cup you've played in. Congratulations on being selected for the squad. I know this will be a particularly proud moment in your career so far, and I hope you enjoy every minute. I was also delighted to hear that some of the winning squad from 2014 are back to help bring the cup home again. Good luck for the weeks ahead. I'll be setting my alarm clock early to cheer you on all the way. Yes, she is setting her alarm clock a bit early to um, wake up and cheer on the team. I know, I love that this is her patronage, especially because William is patron of the Welsh Rugby Union. So if England and Wales go up against each other, you know it's an exciting night in that household. Um, but it was, it's so great to see her sort of supporting the teams and the causes. I think it's all part of, you know, she does a lot of work with sport, especially sports and mental health. So it all ties together. Definitely. And speaking of things that tie together, I love that she coordinated her, um, her outfit. She wore the red blazer, a white top, a rose brooch. I mean, she's definitely playing the part as well. Yes, definitely. She loves dressing for a theme. I mean, she really does. (laughs) We love to see it. Um, well, Prince William made his first speech as the Prince of Wales and honored Queen Elizabeth at the United Wildlife Global Summit. Take a look. Our natural world is one of our greatest assets. It is a lesson I learned from a young age from my father and my grandfather, both committed naturalists in their own right, and also from my much-missed grandmother, who cared so much for the natural world. In times of loss, it is a comfort to honor those we miss through the work we do. Yeah, it's good to see him, uh, you know, making these speeches. Of course, this is something that is near and dear to him, was ne- is near and dear to his father, his uh, grandfather, and of course, Queen Elizabeth as well. Yes, this is really one of the causes that I think um, connects a lot of the royals. They all, you know, like you said, his father, but also, you know, Prince Harry's work and Queen Elizabeth and the Duke of Edinburgh's work. It really, you know, the, the wildlife conservation, animal conservation really ties them all together. Definitely. Well, less than one month after Princess Anne's mother, Queen Elizabeth, passed away, she visited um, New York and she rode the Staten Island Ferry. <laughs> what could be nicer? Um, she also visited the National Lighthouse Museum and it looked like she had a, a nice time. <sighs> I, I, we saw amazing photos of her walking through JFK Airport, carrying her own luggage, like no fuss, no fanfare, nothing like that. She is such a legend. Like, I really think that we're only appreciating her now maybe after her amazing portrayal in the crown Mm -hmm. she's just um so cool so edgy if you read all the stories about her but yeah i I imagine being on the ferry that day no (laughs) you would not notice i don't think but you know maybe people thinking back are like oh (laughs) right well i'm sure yeah i'm sure it probably wouldn't even register they're gonna they would be like oh that kind of looks like princess anne (laughs) (laughs) who's that british woman (laughs) right 
so funny. I love to see it. Well, um, Meghan Markle is back doing her Archetypes podcast after a brief break after the queen passed away. And she revealed that her husband, Prince Harry, helped her at her lowest point um, by referring her to a mental health professional. She said she didn't know I was even calling her talking about this mental health professional. She was checking out at the grocery store. I could hear the little beep beep. And I was like, hi, and I'm introducing myself and that you can literally you're going, wait, sorry, I'm just who is this and saying I need help. And she could hear the dire state that I was in. She added, but I think it's for all of us to be really honest about what it is that you need and not to be afraid to make peace with that, to ask for it. Um, this was a, a big conversation that she had on this on her podcast. She sat down with Constance Wu, Jenny Slate, um, a big Bollywood star, and talking about their mental health, how she had to take a step back from social media because of the you know online attacks, which she has talked about before. But imagine being this mental health professional getting a phone call like this in the grocery store. I can't imagine being the mental health professional. I mean, getting that call must be like that moment of like, wait, what? Who? I'm sorry, what? As you're getting your groceries. But I also think that um, a lot of people have had to make that initial phone call asking for help. It is it can be terrifying for a lot of people. Uh, so I think for Megan to talk about that, especially, you know, we've just had set, marked World Mental Health Day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important to know that that phone call can be scary, but it's still so important to reach out and ask for help, even if you are you know, Megan, the Duchess of Sussex. No, it's so true. Everybody needs, and she's just said it in multiple interviews before. Like you never know what people are going, um, dealing with behind closed doors. So always keep an open mind. Um, all right, well, it's time to spill the Royal tea. We got some more Harry and Megan news because they enjoyed a date night at a Jack Johnson concert, um, in, at the Santa Barbara bowl. According to photos obtained by TMZ, they were in good spirits in a private section. Um, they were, you know, he was wrapping his arms around her. They were, you know, dancing to the music. They seemed like they had a really good time and took um, a photo uh, with uh, the band backstage afterwards. And the drummers said, Harry and Megan in the house. So I got You got to love it. <laughs> I, I love this is very down to earth and it's very cute that they had this date night did not peg them for Jack Johnson. No. Band, but you <laughs> never know what's going on behind closed doors. So I, mean. true. <laughs> I love it. But yeah, you know, I mean, they're just like us. They enjoy, enjoy a date night, a uh, little time away from the kids. So I'm sure that was a lot of fun but they have um, some big things going on. They, um, the Archwell Foundation announced that in October that they would be teaming up with the Bing Project to give a million dollar in grants to women inspiring the younger generation. Um, so it seems like, you know, they're doing a lot of good charity work. Yes, yeah, so, so it looks like this um, partnership is, is connected to the new podcast, mm-hmm. which is all about, um, you know, women supporting women and female strong female role models that a lot of us didn't have spotlighted mm-hmm. when we were growing up. So, um, the chosen winners will receive a thousand dollar grant. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, they're nominated by other people who feel that they are role models. I think it's a, a great project, sort of a, another thing that Archwell's doing, um, just sort of advancing their their overall goals, you know, like strong female role models and breaking barriers for women. Definitely. Well, they have uh, something else on their plate as well. Um, Prince Harry and more high profile celebrities filed a lawsuit against UK tabloid publishers, accusing them of conducting unlawful acts for profit. So according to the press release, Prince Harry joined um, Elizabeth Hurley, Cyril and John and his husband, David Furnish and more in launching the legal action. The group has accused associated newspapers, the publishers of the Daily Mail, Mail on Sunday and Mail Online of invading privacy. The company has allegedly hired private investigators to secretly place listening devices inside people's cars and homes, paid off corrupt police officers for inside scoops and personal information, impersonated others to gain access to medical records and use manipulation to view financial histories, among uh, several other accusations. Now, Harry and his colleagues claimed that the actions listed were only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the business, reprehensible and illicit behavior. According to the release, the legal steps were taken in hopes of uncovering the truth and holding the publisher fully accountable for their alleged wrongdoing. I mean, we know that he has had quite a history with the press, but just reading that out loud, that some of the lengths that these um, publications will allegedly go to get the story, it's pretty incredible. It is. And it looks like um, all of the legal teams involved, because there were several, have really taken their time to um, you know, accumulate as much uh, evidence as they can. You know, they're talking about this is only the tip of the iceberg. So I thought it was really funny that the only response I really saw from the Associated Newspapers was, um, you know, the, you know, obviously we we uh, you know reject this and you know blah, blah blah. But then they said, especially since some of these claimants have already filed lawsuits against us in the past. I thought that was very interesting, clearly directed at Harry, who, you know, already went through the lawsuit process with the Daily Mail. Um, I'll be interested to see how this unravels. But again, these lawsuits are sort of an opportunity for the other side to sort of uncover, you know, sort of nitty gritty stories. And it's a big risk. So I hope that they do have a good amount of evidence to make this worth it. Definitely. All right. Well, let's break down the royal rules. And joining us today is royal expert and author of The New Royals, Queen Elizabeth's Legacy and the Future of the Crown, Katie Nichol. Well, Katie, it is um, such a great opportunity to get the chance to talk to you and congratulations on your new book. So tell me, why did you want to write this book? Well, I I started writing it last um, last spring and I think very mindful, I was told by a courtier at the palace that the death of the Duke of Edinburgh had really um, forced the focus on the future for the royal family. And I think there was an inevitability about the fact that we weren't going to have the Queen for that much longer. Um, And so I, I really thought this was the opportunity to write a book that really paid tribute to the Queen's remarkable reign and her incredible legacy. Obviously, there are many biographies about the queen out there um and you know i i i i do skip through the rain at, at quite a pace um i have to say because as much as this is a book that pays tribute to that it's also a book that looks to the future and the future of the royal family as well you know like you said she didn't really understand why harry left the royal family do you think at the time of her death did she have an understanding did she kind of come to terms with it 
I'm not sure she ever did, truly. Um, you know, she, she did stay close to, to Harry. I mean, they, they have always had a close relationship. And, you know, he, he would call quite frequently. Um, and, you know, the Queen took those calls and enjoyed those video calls where she got to see Archie and Lilibet. But I, I'm not sure she ever did really understand his, his decisions for leaving. And, and we know through the statements that she issued that she was you know, she, she really did try to convince them to stay. Um, and and it was a source of, I think, great disappointment and, and private hurt and upset that, that a way couldn't be found for them, for them to stay as working members of the royal family. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you said, was there a lot of convincing on the royal side to try to get them to stay? Well, we, you know, we, we've heard all about the, um, the Sandringham summit. I think, you know, certainly it was, it was the Queen's wish to try and persuade them to stay. And, and certainly Charles as well had always envisaged that even in his slimmed down monarchy, there were prominent roles to be had for Harry and Meghan. I think the problem was they weren't prominent enough for Harry and Meghan, that idea of being the support act, not just to Charles and Camilla, but of course to William and Catherine was something that didn't appeal. I think from all the people that I spoke to as well, particularly those who, who've known Harry for many years, um, you know, they say that, that Meghan really was the catalyst for Harry leaving and eventually getting out because that was that was something that he'd wanted to do for some time. And in fact, I've spoken to Harry in the past and he'd said to me, you know, I sometimes wish I wasn't a prince. You, you could see that as much as he used that spotlight that he had as a royal to great effect. I mean, look at the Invictus Games, look at the charity work that he did, look at the support acts that he was to his brother for so many years. Um, you know, I think uh, there was a big part of him that, that actually did want to break free from that life. Mm-hmm. You, you do write a lot in the book about William and Harry's relationship and how William always expected Harry to be his support act, always mm. expected him to be by his side. So how difficult was it for William when Hugely. Harry went? And he almost felt a bit abandoned, right? It- it was. It was very difficult for William. And I think that's partly why this rift hasn't been resolved, because, you know, William can't completely forgive Harry for what he's done. We've all heard of the of the Sandringham summit. But in the book, I talk about a, an animus summit because after Megxit, and, um, you know, William actually did convene with his aides at, at what was then his bolt hole anima in, in Norfolk to work out what this actually meant for him, because it had a huge impact on him, on Catherine, on their young family. You know, it put them in that prime sort of, it moved them center stage far sooner than than they would otherwise have been. So in many ways, I suppose it was preparation for where William and Kate are now, which is Prince and Princess of Wales. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think William had always expected that he would have the support of his brother. And um, I think it wasn't just that Harry had chosen to leave and to stand down. I think a lot of it was how he chose to do that and what William saw as, as great disrespect to the institution and to his to his family, to his grandmother. You know, they do say that grief brings people together. And, you know, Harry and Meghan, of course, were there for the Queen's funeral. Did that bring the family closer together? Were rifts healed? And, you know, do you have a, any update on the status of their relationship now that they're back in California? Well, I, I think it, the funeral was an, was an opportunity for a thawing of, of, of what had become an incredibly icy relationship, certainly between William and Harry. Of course, we saw them on that walkabout in Windsor, but I think any 
suggestion that there's been a, a long-term and meaningful reconciliation would be wider the mark. I think there's there's a way to go. Um, certainly there were conversations between Harry and his father, and I know, and, and I write in the book, that it, it has been and it is Charles's intention to heal this family rift, to try and to try and work things out, because he knows that this will this will hang over his reign. You know, there cannot be this discord at the heart of the royal family. And of course, I say in the book as well, this this idea of an alternative court in Hollywood, Harry and Meghan's alternative court, that does pose real problems for the royal family. Uh, you know, like you said, Charles, he really wants to repair this relationship with his son. And it seemed like they were really strained. They didn't talk for a very long time. Are they talking on a more regular basis now? Yeah, I, th- I think it's fair to say that, that Charles and Harry are talking on a, a more regular basis. I think, as I said, the, the 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 lead up to the funeral those days, when fortunately, you know, Harry and Meghan were in the country, was an opportunity for there to be some conversations. And, and the king is very open to that. You know, he he loves his son. I'm told he, he loves his son. He's always loved his son. And, um, you know, he's determined to, to have him as a part of his life. And, and, and of course, to see his grandchildren who are growing up on the other side of the pond as well. So, I think it's it's not just in his interest as king and wanting there to be this sense of unity within the royal family. I think on a personal level, it's incredibly important to him as a father and as a grandfather. But I do think certainly between William and Harry, it's it's still strained. It's it's still very difficult. And as I say, there's there is some way to go. All right. Well, in our royal history moment of the week, we are getting an update on the Queen's corgis, the Queen's pups. Uh, the Duke and Duchess of York initially gifted the two pups to uh, Queen Elizabeth. Now, after her passing, the dogs were returned to live with the pair who reside together in the Royal Lodge near Windsor Castle. During an interview with The Telegraph, Fergie gave an update on how the Pembroke Welsh Corgis are holding up their new environment, which they share with the pair's five Norfolk Terriers, calling it a big honor to be taking care of the Queen's pets, who she referred to as natural treasures. She said they all balance out. The carpet moves as I move, but I've got used to it. Um, So these were uh, relatively new Corgis. They just came into her life after the death of Prince Philip. Unfortunately, one uh, passed away um, earlier on. But, um, you know, you know, it seems like they're they're happy and thriving. (laughs) Yeah, I love this. I love this story so much. I have to say, I said it to several friends. I did not have um, Fergie reentering the royal fold on my bingo card. I did not (laughs) guess that one at all. Um, But I think she's actually been sort of a, a good asset in the last few months. And I think it's great that they gifted the dogs to the queen, but now can sort of take a little bit of her back. I think that's probably helping them as they grieve, you know, this enormous loss. And uh, I mean, what is the royal family without corgis? But lots of dogs running around. (laughs) The more the merrier. Um, All right, well, let's get into our pint-sized palace. And Prince Harry met with the winners of the National 2022 Well Child Awards and greeted them via Zoom and gave an update on Archie and Lily. Take a look. You've just started school, haven't you? How are Archie and Lily doing? How are Archie and Lily doing? They're doing great. Uh, How how old are you now? Uh, I'm... Um, I'm not. I'm not five yet. You're not five yet. When's your birthday? Sixteenth uh, uh, of November. Almost fifteenth of November. Fifteenth of November. Wow. So it's literally just over a month away. Are you excited? When is your birthday? My birthday's on the fifteenth of September. Yeah, but yes, in answer to your question, Henry, uh, 
Hodgy is very, very busy and Lily is uh, learning to use her voice, which is great. <laughs> uh, we know what that's like as well. You have to- love to hear it. Love to he- uh, hear that Lily is finding her voice, uh, which I love. I mean, she, she and my son are actually the same age. They were born on the same day. So I'm going through wow. the same thing. So, you know, finding his voice as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's such a fun age, as you know. Oh, yeah, it's so cute. It is nice to get these little tidbits. You know, they really want to protect the kids' privacy which I think is so important for so many families. But just hearing how they're doing, like little little updates like these is really nice to because I think a lot of people care about them and care about the kids and, you know, want to know how they're doing. I love that he said that, um, you know, Archie has this sort of squeaky little voice. <laughs> it must be so fun to listen to. So fun. Oh, I just want some more pictures. I want to see what they yeah. look like. <laughs> That's too much to ask for. I know, right? Um, well, that is it for this week's episode of Royally Us. A big week, a lot of royal news. There's so much. We're really getting back into, you know, the, the swing of things. I'm really excited to see what happens next week. Definitely. Well, keep commenting, keep subscribing, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.